When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor and I am here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and drink the Kool-Aid with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Huns to Humans. I'm Danielle, and I'm here today with Kayla. She's going to share with us her story. Um, If you decide that you would like to record an episode of a podcast with me and talk about your multi-level marketing mental health journey, um, you can email me at from Huns to humans at gmail.com, or you can find my new Instagram from Huns to humans um, on, on Instagram. I don't know what I'm going to do with that yet. I just made it the other day. And um, this is a passion project. This isn't anything professional. So I'm going to release episodes on my time and when I do them. Um, so there's no schedule. It's chaotic, just like me in my life. So I hope you can all appreciate that. Um, but anyways, here is Kayla. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so do you want to just jump right in and like start going and I'll let you know if I have any questions? Okay. So I guess, um, uh, my story began in 2016 when I was recruited to an MLM called Kayani. Um, it's not a well-known one, which was actually kind of something that they wanted us to push. It was like, oh, you know, we don't have like a lot of market penetration. Nobody really knows about us. But um, one of my longtime friends took me to lunch one day and she explained that she had started her own business and that um, these products were really amazing and that um, they could basically cure you of like anything and everything. And at the time, like, I didn't know what an MLM was. I had absolutely no idea. I just thought like, oh, you know, that's really awesome. Like she started her own business. Like she has these products. And I had recently been uh, terminated from my previous work. So I was looking for something to be a part of. And also I was doing my undergraduate degree at the time. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of, I I would like to make some money. And also um, student loans were also on my mind, you know, paying them back. And she was basically saying that, um, you know, you can work this business as little or as much as you want to. Um, She said she was doing really well for herself and that, you know, everything was kind of a tax write-off as well. Like you just would be making so much money you could write everything off for taxes. She was like, 
this is a business lunch that basically you keep the receipts and you just write it off. And I was like, wow, you know, it just sounds like so simple. And I was super interested. And that same night, she's like, well, there's actually an event with some of the local leaders here. Um, are you interested? And I was, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't also, I was just a little hesitant, you know, it's like, um, just, I'm not a very outgoing person. I'm way more introverted, but she basically said like, you know, can you do what I just did, you know, take your friends out to lunch and just kind of explain to them, you know, what you're doing. And I was like, yeah, I guess I could do that. So I ended up agreeing to go to this event. Um, and it was basically, um, I think a few of her uplines were there, but it was also just kind of more established local leaders, quote unquote leaders um, in the company. And um, they went through, they explained the business opportunity, the products. And it was kind of like, well, there's one little catch. It's $600 to join. Wow. And I'm like, know that one was that expensive. Yeah, I was just like, that's a lot. And there was like a $300 pack uh, available, but they're like, no, you don't do that. Like, um, you don't get as much like volume as, uh, uh, as you would want while you joined or something like that. So they really discourage you from like the you know, cheap pack. <laughs> so $600. And I was like, I, I can't do that. I mean, like I have, I think I had maybe like $200 in my bank account. And they explain, you know, you pay the $600 and also your auto shipment, you need to have that on. So that's another $130 or so. And I was just like, man, you know, I wish I had known that it was like so much, but one of um, who would become one of my main uplines, my friend's um, direct upline was like, how about this? How about I pay half of, you know, your entry fee? And he's like, could you come up with 300 something dollars? And I'm like, yeah, that's a little bit more reasonable. And they also claimed that, you know, they had a policy within like 30 days. If you don't make your money back, then you can refund all the products you like, you can get your money back. And I was like, oh, okay. So there's no real risk. Turns out that really wasn't a case. And there was a bunch of loopholes as per usual, <laughs> if yeah. you actually wanted to like, leave the business and return products and whatever. So I asked my parents for money because um, they said, you know, you, there shouldn't be any excuses to, you know, joining the business. You can um, go get like a payday loan or a payday advance, um, open a credit card, ask your family and friends, all of that. So I used my tax returns and I believe my dad fronted me the rest of the money. So I joined. And um, from there, I mean, it was just an absolutely insane ride. Like from the first day, just getting started, it was already, there was already an issue where it was like the entry fee I remember um, was $600. And when I went to um, go sign up with the help of my friend and her, um, another one of her uplines, there was a weird tax of like $50. So it was actually $650 and nobody told me about that. So it's just from like the very start, 
there was like unincurred or like I, I didn't know more costs than I really yeah. had thought hidden fees and they kind of yeah and they just kind of try to wave it off like oh you know that's just the state of California don't worry about it um just just pay it get started you'll you'll make your money back <laughs> and I remember the first thing they had me do was um you know pay the fee sign up and then you know it's make the list of um 10 people that you really want on your team and it was just it was terrifying because I was like I have to talk to these like all of these people um to try to get them interested and signed up and they wanted me to of course start talking like right away to my best friends and immediately I was like what did I get myself into and I didn't even mention it to them to my best friends because I was just like I was so scared I was gonna ruin relationships with people yeah and I just couldn't do it um so I gosh I think a week later I went to my first um like they called them DFYs like done for you that was like a thing with Kayani it's like the done for you system everything is set up for you own app and whatever it wasn't of course but um that's what they called it and I remember like the first time I went to like this event like it just I call I I mean I'm not saying there's anything wrong with religion but it it felt like I was back in church where everybody's kind of, you know, saying amen and laughing, you know, in certain parts of the meeting. And it just felt very like choreographed and just really strange yeah, to me. And just kind of the, um, the worshiping of the speakers and the leaders. And I'm thinking to myself again, I'm like, what did I get myself into? Um, and kind of, um, you can, I mean, you can ask me more questions here and there, but just kind of in general, um, I didn't, I didn't end up signing like one person up, not for lack of trying. I took on like, um, leadership positions, like at the events, like I was part of, they called it the event committee. So I was there, I was working, I was at every, um, like power hour they had. I went to conventions didn't sign up one single person through the entire time but looking back like I'm really grateful I didn't get anybody on board because it was just an absolute nightmare for about I think a year and a half maybe maybe less than a year and a half that I was in the company what products do they even have so we started off it's called um the triangle of health and it was like, <laughs> I know, I like really, like they're like we're not a pyramid scene, but here are all triangle. these triangle. <laughs> yeah, here's a triangle. So it, I mean, it was it was health supplements. It was this um, like juice blend that was supposed to just. I mean, they they were like, we can't say it cures anything, but then, you know, at events, it'd be like, well, you know, my stage four cancer went away after I drank it and whatever. Just, you know, stuff like that. Um, (laughs) So it was a juice product. It was, um, God, I can't remember. It was some like dropper 
of some sort of concentrate. And then it was these fish oil pills that you take at night that are supposed to help you like sleep and whatever. Um, so that was the, that was, those were the original products. Um, probably halfway through my dist distributorship, suddenly they started getting into skincare. So then they had like a product line of five extremely expensive skincare products. Um, I I'm talking, if you want the whole package, it's like $300, um, yep, of skincare. That's a lot. So, and now I kind of, I mean, <laughs> I, I stock some of the groups here and there <laughs> once in a while, just to kind of see. And now they've, um, they've come out with like a collagen products and stuff. So it, they really, for now, I think they are focusing on like health and skincare, which is, you know, huge, yeah huge demand, whatever. But yeah, those, those are the products that I um, dealt with. Fun. And so that sounds uh, very culty, huh? It was, it really was. And I remember like um, my upline, cause I, I started questioning stuff when, you know, leaders would say stuff on, or I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Or um, I'm finding just kind of, you know, loopholes and just weird, I mean, just stuff that's not making any sense. I was immediately shut down when I would even ask like a question. Um, I'm like, you know, one of the leaders said this, but then, you know, five minutes uh, before that, they said this, and those two things can't coincide, like the idea of um, time freedom, where they're claiming that they have a ton of time freedom, but then they say, well, we're always working. And I'm like, well, which one is it? You either have time freedom or you don't. <laughs> um, so it, it was definitely like a cult, and you are just like absolutely put down and admonished if you like our thought that you're questioning anybody or not like kind of with the program. It was just, it's, it was terrible. Yeah. That. Yep. <laughs> just, yep. <laughs> um, so where do you feel like your mental health went through being in this? Um, I mean, you know, of course, when you start, you're excited, whatever, or hopefully, or maybe not, I don't know, but like, I was excited at first to start, even though I was kind of nervous. And then um, it became kind of really clear to me really quickly that the whole, like, you can work this into the cracks of your schedule thing was not true. Because every single morning at 8 a.m., they had to call like the breakfast of champions call. And it was the same thing like every single day, but they'd like take attendance, like who's on there and stuff. And I'm like, I have class, you know, I mean, at least for a portion of the time, like my schedule would change. But at the time, like I had class, well, you know, record it and listen to it later. And then, um, you know, an upline will call you to kind of discuss about, you know, the call, what you learned. Um, and then weekly events and then monthly we had like regional events so I became like really stressed at first because I was like you were telling me that you know I can work this when I have time but now you're saying I have to be present with all of these meetings and these like power hours where you go to coffee shops and you know you have leaders there and you're just sending off all these messages and whatever 
And my mental health definitely started to decline. I was like, so stressed. Sorry, my cat (laughs) in the background. Um, I just like, I couldn't keep up with everything. It was just an absolute, it, it was just insanity to me that they're just telling you like anybody can do it. You know, you don't have to have a lot of time, but you did. And then, um, Something, I mean, I think the biggest thing that really didn't sit right with me was they were telling you that the business needs to come first. Um, And that means, you know, you miss birthday parties, you miss hanging out with friends, you miss special events because your family and friends just have to understand that the business comes first. And I remember, um, yeah, I, I just... For me, it's like relationships are my first priority because you can always, you know, make more money, but you can't make up time. Like you can't make up time spent with people. And that's Um, the thing that like gets me the most about these things and that I keep realizing more and more as like I'm out is like, they're like, yeah, time freedom. You can do this. You're going to be able to do all of the things that you love to do and you're going to be able to make money doing it. And then you're in and it's like, well, you need to go to this meeting and this meeting and this meeting. And also, yeah. what do you mean? What do you mean you have a birthday party to go to? Right. Like, you don't have a birthday party. We have a power hour. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So I was, um, I remember kind of, kind of I, I, one of kind of the uh, breaking moments or whatever. I'm at my cousin's birthday party and he's been at like every one of my parties. Um and you know I'm with my family and I knew that there was like some sort of event that day but um I had basically had to beg my dad like the day before to try to get me money to go to this convention um because I was told if I was not at this convention then my uplines would not be able to help me anymore because they're only there to help the people that are there that are you know hungry enough that want to succeed so if I was not at that convention, basically, I would be on my own. And I finally, my dad was like, yeah, you know, if this is really important, we'll help you out. So naturally, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to go to this birthday party versus the event to be, you know, on good terms with my dad and our family there. And my upline texts me and I told him that I'm like, hey, I'm not going to be at this event. And he was like, you know, where are you? Um, the, you know, we have a leader here. He's, um, I hated this line, but they all use it. He's doling out, you know, gold nuggets of information. Um, and you know, I would just like me personally, if this person was here, I would be giving up everything to be there and listen to what he has to say. And I told my upline, I'm like, I understand that, but basically, you know, I'm trying to stay in my dad's good graces be at this birthday party one because I want to be there it's my family and two he had just offered to pay basically for me to go to this convention and I'm sitting there just trying not to cry I'm so stressed I have somebody just you know guilt tripping the heck out of me and you know the other day he was also trying to guilt tripping into going to this convention so it's just kind of there's always something that you need to be doing and anything that goes wrong is like entirely your fault and somehow you need to be like everywhere at once right yeah 
Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. It it was, but I mean, that's just kind of <laughs> that's I, the I, game that we've all played. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's just like that's what happens. And I really think the point of it is, you know, you you're at every event, you cut out people. Um, who don't believe in the business is so that you are only around people that you're kind of in an echo chamber with that are like spewing the business and all of the ideologies. And the point is to like get you only with people that have one kind of, you know, ideology, one train of thought going. And it's terrible. It really is just like a cult and you are just guilt tripped every single step of the way if you're not doing exactly what they want. Yeah. Yep. The echo chamber thing is really interesting. I've been like looking a little bit more into that recently about how like they like you surround yourself with only the same ideas. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of that is that in MLMs, they tell you that anyone that isn't in your echo chamber saying all of these things are true are the enemy and they're yeah. haters and they yeah. don't support you. So I mean, we're obviously the worst people in the world because. We right it's we're like, not there anymore yeah yeah they were telling me basically anybody that you know doesn't support me it's like they're the dream stealers they're the you know they're going to be caught on the nine to five grind forever um you know just like horror these horrible people and I'm like they have a different opinion yeah um uh, and it's like you know I if I if I had a friend that you know told me that they just started a business and they're doing all this stuff and maybe they didn't do as much research as they had, which I didn't, um, you know, I, I would want my friends and family to maybe be a little concerned and like voice, you know, their opinions. I want that. I want differences of opinion in my life. And it doesn't mean that they're against me and everybody's, you know, the enemy and whatever. And just hearing that stuff, I'm like, it's just, it's, on a whole other level of just cringe because it's not true um but it really is kind of their way of indoctrinating you it's just so creepy when you think about it yeah yeah it's a lot um I just I I don't even know where I want to go um, <laughs> um so was this the only MLM you were in just curious yeah yeah right. thankfully um yeah. so what got you out so I um I've been wanting to get out for a while wait hold on sorry um, how long were you in for I would say a year and a half I joined like early 2016 and I left like mid 2017 um so not incredibly long but enough to basically I think go through three thousand dollars or so of my parents money which um I have a lot of guilt about that's also kind of where mental health comes into play because I'm like I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to pay them back <laughs> um but yeah it was it it was short time relative to other people that I've heard, you know, that stay in there for decades or just years and years and years. But basically I, um, I wanted out. I wasn't making any money. I was spending all sorts of money on, um, 
conferences. And I even, I think I only was able to afford my, that $130 auto ship for maybe a month. So I wasn't even like accumulating any sort of like personal volume because I couldn't afford like the products that I'm supposed to be selling, which is crazy because you hear that, you know, with tons of distributors, it's like you're trying to sell these products that you can't even afford um, yourselves. So my upline, the um, not the friend that got me in, but I started kind of, um, well, I mean, I I started really having a friendship, being really close with um, her direct upline, um, also one of my uplines, but um, he started losing motivation for the business because he also wasn't making any money. And then um, a bunch of his uplines either left the company or weren't making any money. So his beliefs started to kind of wane. And he basically came to me one day and he said, you know, I'm not going to be doing Kayani anymore. I need to go focus on other stuff. If you still want to do it, you know, I totally understand. But if you don't, then, you know, um, that's kind of your choice. And I took that as an out. (laughs) I was like, because he was the one that had been guilt tripping me and for the longest time. And then he, it was kind of like, oh, I got permission to basically leave. And that was my out. And, um, you know, I also saw like a bunch of the leaders, the top leaders in the company as well that were claiming that Kayani was the best thing ever. Um, So many of them left to do other companies when they kind of stopped making money and just the faith in the company that this was like the best thing ever. And this is the only MLM you'll ever need to be in. Like that just went out the window really quickly. Um, Did you get any of the excommunication stuff when you left? Um, I mean, I'm still friends with um, some people on there, but basically, I mean, because they would say like, oh, you know, this is your family. Um, We'll check in with you. Like, we're here for you no matter what. And when I left, when I stopped showing up at events, like basically they stopped messaging me. So it wasn't too much because I've heard, you know, just absolute horror stories where it's basically like, you know, this person left the company, you talk to them, like you were going to be in a lot of trouble type of stuff. It wasn't that much like that, but it was just kind of, um, yeah, these people that said that they're your family, they're your friends, they just stopped talking to you because you're no longer at events, you know no longer working the business so kind of oh that I feel like that's like the worst well not it's not the worst part I just it's bad like when I left um they all stopped talking to me they all like unfriended me because immediately once I left I was like anti-MLM and I was like not quiet about it (laughs) Um, so they all like unfriended me and I was just like, well, bye, go live in your echo chamber. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, it took me a while to kind of get, um, vocal online. I also was dealing with a lot of like, just kind of, um, afterwards I'm like, I ruined my reputation. Um, I had, you know, somebody completely block me because they got so creeped out 
um, by my messages, I had another person get seriously offended that, you know, I tried to message them or a couple people. And I was really struggling with that. So kind of um, when I did my other interview, I kind of coupled that with a really long apology post on my Facebook saying, you know, I, I'm, I am so sorry for anybody that felt, um, you know, offended or um, saddened by the fact that maybe I was just trying to like get them into a business that wasn't really caring about how they were and stuff. Because that was another thing where it's like, you know, you try to they say start up all these conversations with people, you ask them how they're doing, whatever, and, and you try to make it seem like you actually care about them. Um, so I was just really struggling because I was, you know, in high school, middle school, I was kind of that quiet kid, didn't really like make a lot of trouble. And just the fact I was just like, wow, I really ruined my reputation for a long time. And I'm sure I have people that will never forgive me for that. Yeah, that, that's been really hard for me too. Like I, I literally reached out to somebody yesterday and was like, and I've tried to reach out to people individually like that I recruited or whatever. And like, I want the apology to be like as genuine as possible. So I really like take the yeah. time to like think about it. And I like let this girl a voice memo of me like crying, being like, I am so sorry. And she's like, why are you freaking out? <laughs> I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I'm like, I was very predatory and I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the worst thing I did was, um, it was my aunt that had just had, um, surgery kind of exploratory surgery to um figure out if she still had some cancer left and um she was waiting for her results I believe this is a while ago so I might be mixing up the details but regardless she had just had a surgery and um we were my upline and I were going through the list of family members that I haven't reached out to yet and she happened to be on the list and he's like, why don't you message her? And I'm like, no, no, no. She just had a surgery like this. And then, okay. And he's like, well, that's the perfect time. You know, she's, she's tired. She needs our products and stuff. And I ended up doing it. And I, I don't think I've ever felt so disgusted in myself. It's like, it's people like that, where it's just this, like, you feel so predatory, like you said, and you just feel disgusted with yourself. And I'm still kind of working through it. Like, you know, years later, it's just kind of like you remember stuff. And I, I have a good friend that also has left the company and he became a lot more vocal about, um, you know, this isn't right type of stuff before I was. Um, so he and I, you know, talk about it quite frequently, our experiences and you relive kind of the stuff that you did and you're like, oh God. Yeah. Like, did I seriously do that? Did I really compromise my integrity like that much? Yeah, it's so hard. And I think that's one of like the hardest things for me that I've been dealing with is just like, I don't know how I affected these people's lives. I'm yeah. not entirely positive, like how much money they ended up spending. I know right. like in my second MLM, I lost uh, over $10,000. Um, so it's like, cause I went to convention and I had $10,000 in my bank account and then I didn't have $10,000 yeah. in my bank account. Um, so uh, that plus the four years in the company, like, right. Um, no, I mean, that's, 
yeah, that's something I think about too. And um, my family members, at least they bought the products for me for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, you know, they didn't have any magical results. Like I was being told that they would. My grandma even had a really horrible reaction to one of our products. And she called me, she was like, I'm so sorry. I need to stop taking it. Um, And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry. Like I had no idea. Um, But she was just like violently sick after she had taken one of our products. And I told my uplines, I'm like, um, cause I said, you know, Hey, um, just FYI, I lost a customer today. Cause they wanted to know kind of, yeah. you know, check in like how many customers you have, whatever. And I said, my grandma got really sick and they go, no, no, no. She should have kept taking the product. Cause she was just detoxing. Classic. And I'm like, Classic. yeah, I'm like, I am not going to tell my 90 year old grandmother to keep, you know, getting violently sick because her body is you know actually reacting positively to it so yeah when you talk about like how do you affect other people I'm like I I feel like I I want to know so if I can do something to make it right but at the same time I'm just like she could have ended up in the hospital I mean like and also that same products um they change the formula um, to contain, I think, so it doesn't contain folic acid, which I have a genetic condition that I could have actually reacted really badly to that. Nobody told me that, of course, because nobody's, you know, doctors there. Um, and it came out later that a bunch of, or I shouldn't say a bunch, but there was a thread in a Facebook group with other distributors or other customers that have the same genetic mutation that were like, this had folic acid in it we all could have really seriously been ill and again they're pushing this products like it's the best thing ever and it was just it was that validation because I remember I didn't feel great after taking this product Mm -hmm. but they said oh you know it takes time for it to work whatever and um of course I couldn't afford it like a month later but it was just really interesting (laughs) that um yeah, these products just have been causing health issues for people. And it's just never talked about. No. And like the MLMs train, like, and I feel like it's the same across the board. Like we hear this all the time with Monet or Monat, however it's said, like whatever. your hair falling out. Is it detoxing? Your hair is dead. It doesn't detox. (laughs) No, it's just, it's like, your whole body doesn't need to detox and you have liver and kidneys and stuff like they do that for you (laughs) like what are you doing yeah um yeah it's the whole it's it's the detoxing thing and the just crazy health claims and it's just like looking back it's just I I wasn't comfortable you know during events when people were saying oh you know it's cured stage four cancer there's this one lady that said like it she she was gonna have like sinus surgery and it fixed her sinuses and just just crazy stuff um and it just it's so cringy to listen to yep yeah it it's so crazy I and like I feel like now lately the FTC has been really like not letting those like health claims fly anymore but yeah they can't do anything about word of mouth like if you get a bunch of people in the room and you tell them that you took this product and it cured your x y and z then like they can't do anything about that like yeah 
Exactly. And events too, because, um, you know, every event they would have people come up and do testimonies, whatever. And they would, you know, preface it like, oh, you know, we're not saying, we're not claiming, but these are just people sharing their stories. Um, but they would also have us do something, you know, raise your hands, everybody raise your hands if you know someone that has a story. And since we all heard, you know, people's stories, we would all raise our hands. So it looked like everybody in the room knew somebody or personally had an experience that, you know, these products were just wonderful and cured stuff. And it's just like that manipulation is just so, it's just toxic. It's so wild. Like when I went to the Plexus convention, um, you know, you meet all these people and they're all fired up and all this stuff. And I had this one girl telling me about how the products helped cure somebody that she knew as a kid with yeah. autism. And my sister has autism. So I was like, oh my God, what? And I was like, kind of skeptical, but then I was like, well, I've also like been to conference. Like it's hard because they take information that's true and they mix it with information that's wrong. Yeah. So like I've been to like actual mental health conferences that talk about gut health and its links to ADHD, uh, depression, anxiety, autism. Like if your gut health is really bad, those like symptoms of those disorders are going to be worse. Yes. Wow. Like these products are going to help her. Like what? Like that's so cool. And like yeah, I mean, I, I've read the same studies where they found, you know, um, uh, like serotonin they found is like a lot of it's produced in your gut. Yeah. So if you're talking about like actual research and stuff, um, me being kind of in the mental health world as well, like, I mean, it's, you would want to believe this, like who wants to struggle with this stuff? And if something works to help your anxiety, depression, whatever, um, that you know, targets your gut, whatever, like you want to believe it. Right. Um, and like, there's so much, so you're in the mental health world too. Yeah. I'm a social work uh, student right now, but cool. Yes. Great. So cool. We have, we have things to talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. It's Friday. <laughs> it is. Um, the brain fog from the week has really, it's really fun. Um, but yeah, so they like have all of these like legit studies and then they mix it with these products. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I'm all over the place. But so our society has so much um, skepticism in like the healthcare system. Yeah. So like, and we're very skeptical of mental health meds. So if you can take a supplement that's going to help you, like, why wouldn't you do that? Meanwhile, right. you should really be demonizing the supplement companies because they're the ones that aren't regulated. They're the ones yeah. that like, there are supplement companies that literally put pieces of Viagra in their supplements. So mm-hmm. like, and nobody realizes it. Like it's disgusting. No, it's, it's true. And I'll, I'll just be honest. Like I take um, multiple medications to manage my mental health and um my upline was always just like, your goal should be able, you, you should be, well, at first he wanted me to quit them cold turkey because he's like, now you have these products. And I'm like, I don't think you realize what could happen, especially at the doses I'm at. 
if I was to quit stuff cold turkey he's like well I don't care um and then he he was like one of you know your goals should be that you get off of these and it's like you would hear stories as well like in the company I was able to get off my depression medication whatever and I'm like okay even if that was true you also have to realize that you know their depression might have been like situational um it's just I mean there's just so many different reasons that somebody's on medication and just demonizing people that are taking regulated substances and should be taking these unregulated substances that um like I said are causing some people to have you know negative health effects it's just it it was something that bothered me to no end especially as someone personally that takes medication and having to hear over and over again how basically bad of a person her how dumb I was for trusting you know big pharma um that really did take a toll on my mental health yeah I was also encouraged um to get off my meds I was on ADHD meds at the time and I was in grad school I was working full-time I was doing plexus and I was in grad school so like how am I like and I have ADHD like there's no question about it like and I was trying to get off my medications with the plexus products and I was mm-hmm. like I, like it the eventual words are hard eventually it got to the point where I was like this isn't gonna happen and I just stopped trying yeah but like it was it was bad and I was like all excited when I like lowered my dose and I was like yay but then I was eventually it all backfired and I had to go up really high yeah like manage everything so yeah I mean for me like um it was recently that I I mean back then it was recently that I finally had a medication that works for me and here I have people that are not doctors are not scientists are not you know whatever educated in any way possible saying that what I'm doing is terrible for my body I'm you know shortening my life expectancy like I'm killing myself by taking these meds um I'm just you know a terrible person basically and I'm like I finally found something to help manage my depression like no it's not happening and it caused so many arguments uh with so many people in the company and it's just that's insane to me and I'm like you also like I mean you're forgetting that you also are supposed to be like this supportive family environment and here you are just like demonizing you know members of your family for doing stuff um but they wanted the story they wanted the you know this person was on you know high dose of this medication and she was able to get off of it because of the products and stuff that's all they wanted right yeah they just want your testimony yeah it has nothing to do by like it, it your well-being is not a factor it's yeah. just if you can if I can profit off of you that's what I want basically yeah one of the other things um this is kind of changing topics but I'm curious how you feel about this being also in like a professional role um in the anti-MLM groups I notice a lot of times like in in groups that are not survivor specific um that anyone can join I notice a lot of times people will be like well how could you be that stupid like how could you be a lawyer or how could you be a therapist or how could you be this or a nurse or whatever and do these things and 
first of all, I don't think people realize, like, I mean, I work in community mental health. Mm-hmm. We don't get paid very well. <laughs> like, um, and like, people don't think about like, all of these degrees that have all this stuff like we have insane student loans insane student loans and the pay is not as glorified as people think it is and then these companies market that we're gonna help people you're gonna save people you're gonna you're gonna change people's lives and all of these like professions are ones that are trying to help people so of course you're like oh I can make some extra money to pay off my loans and do this and uh, I don't know I I've had a lot of like really bad feelings like hearing that stuff I'm curious if you've run into that too being out yeah I I um I forget when I joined I try to join like as many anti-MLM uh groups as I can just to kind of you know be in that environment and also like help share my story if that helps anybody like I want to be in, in those communities but yeah, I mean, it definitely hurts to basically say, you know, call me, you know, an effing idiot is what I've heard in some of these um, communities for joining something that I thought would help myself and help others. Now, granted, yes, I could have done more research. Yes, it's, I mean, I take responsibility for it, but I I do feel like um, also, they're not taking into account the type of brainwashing that we go through, the type of indoctrination. Mm-hmm. And they don't talk about either that when you, like, so when you're first thinking about it, and if you tell the person that is trying to recruit you that you're going to do research, they're going to say, don't like pay too much attention to the blogs that you see online. They're just angry people that like don't understand. And they're just mad that they weren't successful. Like, that's not the reality like those are just angry people on the internet just like Yelp reviews or whatever you know yeah the line that we had or that they came up with was sure you can do research but if you think you can do a better job than our team of lawyers you know they did the research you go right ahead that was the line that they started pushing um sending it's super condescending and Kayani last I heard was um getting hit by like a pyramid scheme lawsuit so I'm like clearly your lawyers did not do I was so happy (laughs) clearly your lawyers did not do as good as a job as you're trying to make it out with but yeah it was it we we got discouraged from doing our research or just like basically told that you know if you were going to do that like you're not looking at good research anyway you you look at the websites I'm sending you that's the research that only matters basically um I don't know like you got sent a bunch of stuff but like the friend that was trying to recruit me sent me you know like testimonial videos and like our app and just the websites that you know we're promoting Kayani and the business and stuff and you know scientific studies and whatever um that's the research they want you to look at not Google, which is probably a better form of research yeah. when you're researching an MLM. And I think a lot of people don't realize how close these are to cults, like how many cult tactics are actually used. Um, yeah. I hope that one day I get somebody on here that's like super versed in cult stuff. Um, like I do my own research here and there, but like I just don't have it all down packed. But like there's yeah, a no. lot. There's a yeah. lot. And for me, because I also, I um, 
my undergraduate degree is in sociology. And what comes to mind when I think about um, kind of the taxes is cult-like, but also just kind of this collective consciousness where, um, you know, any sort of form of deviance, questioning, whatever is completely, you're punished, you're shut down. And everybody has to have the same kind of group think. And um, it's just kind of that collective thought. And if you question it, I mean, you're just, you're out basically, like you're shunned. Yeah. Oh gosh. It's just so much that like, there's so much cult stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. um, did you experience the like staying up late or waking up early? Um, can you explain that? I might've, but I'm not so quite sure. So sleep deprivation of any kind. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what did they have you do? Um, well, I mean, at least like for the calls and stuff, like they were early in the morning. Um, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like they were telling you, you had to whatever, but they would make it so, you know, events ran late and then early in the morning, like um, you had calls or meetings and stuff. So again, the whole like, you know, you can fit this into the cracks of your schedule. That's just not correct. But yeah. I, now I'm kind of thinking that was probably intentional, but yeah, it was, it was late night, um, like, uh, phone calls and oftentimes it'd be like surprise call, you know, 10 PM at night leaders, you know, very important message. Everybody, you know, all the teams have to be on it and stuff like that. Very important. Very important. I would love to know what is very important in an MLM. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is actually yeah. very important that you have to have an emergency call at 10 o'clock yeah. at night? Like, my nine to five is not calling me at 10 o'clock at night. Well, I work in mental, community mental health. So, like, sometimes I might get a random client <laughs> call. Yeah. But my client, my uh, work phone stays in my office. So, I don't see it. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's crazy. Like, the emergency calls and then even, I mean, conventions would run late and there'd be like you know team meetings after the convention so at least when you were there you're going like from you know 8 a.m to 8 p.m or even later like it was always just kind of there's something going on um so it just to make sure you're always focused on the business some way or another yeah 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 our calls were either really early in the morning we'd have power hours like at five six o'clock in the morning and I would like get up before work and I'd be like, okay. And then they were like, and do your reading and do this and do your affirmations yeah. and contact 10 people. And they actually, yeah, had, this, they had this, um, I think I still have it in this drawer. I can't open it because there's no candle. <laughs> um, yep, here it is. It's under my DSM. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> um, so, like, da- daily methods for success. I know nobody oh, yeah. can see this, but it's like a sheet, and it says that it wants you to do 20 minutes of personal development, a gratitude list of five things you're gra- grateful for, three people, new people to ask, three follow-ups from previous asks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three client, like, current client or um, preferred client follow-ups three team member connections this is a lot of stuff 
three relationship building actions such as um saying happy birthday to someone um private messaging someone on social media so this is that three building things is separate from the three new asks too yeah so that's just a lot yeah, I mean, we had like a top five, top 10, top 100 list. And then for some events, I forget, there was a specific name, but it was like 50 people and it listed like anybody and everybody you might know, um, your gardener, your hairstylist, the janitor at your work. Who are they? Have you talked to them? If you've talked to them, when are you following up? Because they had the saying, you know, fortunes in the follow-up and you need, yep. some people need this many exposures to whatever. It, it's just ridiculous. It's, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> and it's all just ways of getting you recommitted every single day because, so what they program you to do is to say yes. So in your, like reaching out to someone like, oh, if I send you this, will you do that? And you say yes, but they're doing the same thing to us as people that are in already. All right. So like, will you do this tomorrow? Will you follow up with these people tomorrow? Will you do this? Will you do this? Will you do this? And yes, 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 yes. Because otherwise you're not working your business. Right. Yeah. The same thing. I mean, it's just like we had checklists and then they would start doing, I mean, um, like my upline Sometimes if you um, went to the conferences and whatever, you get rewarded by like special one-on-one calls with him, special check-ins. So it was also like, look at how much this person is doing and they got the reward. And if you had just done this, you know, you could have had my mentorship and stuff like that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And at that point, my upline, I mean, you burn through your like hot and warm market or whatever. Yeah. Um, he was literally standing outside in the quad at his school for two hours every day after class doing cold market stuff, you know, um, handing out surveys to people. That's what he was doing. I mean, you just like, there's always new ways and they would tell us, you know, to um, join dating sites or drive for Uber and talk to people. So it was always like, there's always more people you can talk to. You never run out of, you know, your list. You always make a new list. So, I mean, seeing stuff like that, like they had you doing, I mean, it's just, it's insane. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else that you feel like we should touch upon? Um, Any I'm stories? Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, oh God, I. I, I mean, I think reaching out to my aunt, that was the craziest thing I have done, but the, my upline, the same one doing like, um, you know, cold marketing surveys and stuff. He would, um, he actually took his advice. This is just kind of a, you know, interesting story. Um, he took his own advice and signed up for dating sites. And I think he used like Bumble. So he would be bringing his Bumble dates to these weekly meetings, um, it was just terrible. It was literally terrible. And then um, he even said, and I, I feel terrible for this girl. He texts me and he's like, hey, you know, I matched with this girl on Bumble, really not into her, but I'm going to bring her to the DFY anyway. And she thinks it's a date. And I'm like, that's terrible. Um, 
And when she didn't sign up for the business, he basically dropped her. Um, he and I, I think like a month later, we were running out to Staples, ran into her. Um, it was, it's just, it's so cruel, like the tactics. But he would also like, I mean, he would take me out to lunch and he would be gone for like hours. Like he disappeared for like two hours one time trying to talk to girls to try to get them like interested in the business and stuff. I mean, just so sketchy. That's just so funny because the person on the podcast before you had a, a dating story too. And it's just so interesting to see how much like predatory stuff in the dating world there is around MLMs. Like I didn't really realize that until like, oh my gosh. Yuck. (laughs) And he would tell me like, go um, sit at a Starbucks just for hours on end and have, you know, um, your Kayani like notebook and, um, you know, I think I had a keychain at one point, just like, or lanyard. And just sit there with all, you know, the Kayani products kind of laid out on your table and go to Starbucks and just talk to people. Or, you know, people are going to be so interested in what you're doing. They're going to come up and talk to you themselves. So I started doing that. And of course it didn't work. And I'm like, I'm not going to go and just disturb people that are trying to, you know, go about their day. Yeah. Um, but I was hoping maybe somebody will come up and talk to me. So he would start getting really upset with me that I wasn't, you know, making the numbers and stuff, but just stories like that, where you're just like, you're putting yourself into just such awkward situations. So hopefully, you know, just talk with somebody about you know, the business. Yeah. Not even guaranteed a sale. Like, no. And then, um, for conventions and stuff, I think the first one I went to, uh, Kayani kind of, I think it began in Texas, or at least that was the first like big market here in the US. So we went to a convention at like Fort Worth, Texas. And um, I had stayed with um, my friend that got me into the business and her boyfriend at the time. And um, we were taking Ubers everywhere, like we didn't rent a car. Mm-hmm. And they were just harassing constantly our uber drivers or lyft drivers trying to get them interested in the business and i'm in the back seat and i'm just like please just get me out if you're like i'll walk like it was so awkward and again it's like you have these people just trying to do their job yep and it's technically soliciting i'm surprised that people don't like realize that more like you're not supposed to solicit out other businesses no you're not you're not but at all. like you're coached to do these things so you think that it's okay like you know like what do we know right but yeah it it is it is solicitation and it's I mean it verges kind of on harassment too I mean like these people are literally just like they're trying to get through the day through the night and stuff and then um you know you have thousands of people from this one convention that are just congregating on Lyft and Uber drivers in the city and one of the drivers that we had was like yeah somebody else already tried to you know talk to me about this I'm not interested and they kept pushing and I'm just like guys just stop stop they're not interested but yeah but you're riding on that high because of convention and yeah I mean yeah the conventions were just awful for the most part um I wasn't able to like 
eat at one of them because I spent all my money, um, you know, trying to get there and stuff. I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah, no, that's awful. Yeah, and they're expensive. Like, they're so, like, and I just said, I spent, like, I had all that money saved up and I spent it all. I've never been able yeah. to financially recover from that. No, I don't know how you would. I mean, it's, they're expensive. And then they try to tell you, like, I don't know if you had the same experience, but basically, if you're not there, we're not going to work with you because you're not, you know, you're obviously not committed to the business. And I remember it was um, a Vegas con uh, convention. And um, this is, this may, this might be my craziest story, but um, Vegas convention. And um I was flying one way um, to get there from San Diego to Vegas. It's a pretty short flight, pretty cheap flight. So I was like, okay, you know, that's good. Got that um, covered. <laughs> and then my family, um, like a day after the convention, they were going to come to Vegas. So I spent probably like a week there first for the convention, then with my family. But um, I spent money on the tickets. Tickets were expensive. The hotel was expensive. And then the only new thing they revealed at that convention was like a travel size of one of our products. That was the only like new thing. And they were telling us leading up to it, so much is going to be revealed. This is going to revolutionize your business. And they're like, oh, here's a travel size of it. Um, but during that convention, I mean, it's Vegas. Yeah. Most of our team got like, or the team people distributors got drunk my upline got completely wasted one night um called me at like three in the morning he was lost he wanted me to come find him I mean just like crazy stuff and they're telling you to be professional set a good example and nobody was no no because you're in Vegas it's literally they put you in this place where it's literally like Ooh, shiny. And yeah. like everything is exciting. Everything, like the lights and like the, like they pump extra oxygen in the casinos and like things like that. Yeah. So, like it's all set up for you to spend more money, which is probably exactly. why they do it in Vegas. That's why so many of these places go to Vegas because oh, yeah. like, Vegas is set up for you to spend more money. Yeah, I mean, it's a good deal for like, you know, both the company and the hotel. Um, but yeah, between like my up like getting drunk and then um, I I didn't recruit anybody, but I had a downline because I had people placed under me. Mm -hmm. um, and half of my downline that was there, they decided that they were over the convention and we had lunch. And instead of going back down to the convention like you're supposed to do, they went upstairs and got drunk and started smoking weed. So it was just like a really crazy experience, like just like the biggest waste of money that you could even imagine for me. I had my uplines not behaving, my downlines not behaving. And I'm just like, that was the last convention before I quit. Yeah. Um, so like, it was. You were there trying to like actually improve your business and everyone else right. was there to have a good time. Right. And that was what was so frustrating because you knew the uplines were like, set a good example especially for your downline you know be there be present and I'm just like are you kidding me and um two of my uplines that had like left the company prior they tried to kind of get in it was just the weirdest convention just weirdest like kind of set of events 
they were trying to get back in the business, but then they were trying to recruit people from the business to go to their solar company. So there was that going on as well. And it was just, I mean, it was the biggest mess I've ever been involved in. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That sounds crazy. Yeah. But I guess typical convention, you know? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, before I let you go, what would you say was like something that like positively impacted your mental health from like being in an MLM? Um, let's see. I would say that I learned to talk to people better. And I would say some of the personal development was good for me. Um, I, I, I saw that as kind of a positive as well. So probably both of those. Things. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Kayla. Well, thank you so much for coming here and being so vulnerable with us. And um, I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. All right. Bye.